to Aromatic Chat, the podcast that introduces you to registered clinical and certified aromatherapists around the world. Every other week, my bestest friend, partner in crime, and business partner sits down with a different aromatherapist to learn about their aromatic journey and how they use aromatherapy in their lives and businesses. Aromatic Chat is produced by Lemon Balm Coaching. Your host is Melissa, Master Transformational Coach and Registered Aromatherapist. Hey friends, and hello to 2023. Welcome to the third year of Aromatic Chat. In the first episode of each year, I have the privilege of sitting down and being interviewed so that you can get to know me a little bit better. Welcome to episode number 65 and the first podcast episode of 2023 with your guest host, Abby First of the Verdant Heart Project. Abby and I have been doing business together, but separately for the last five years. And I'm super excited that I got to sit down with Abby actually in person to record this episode. So let's get started. Okay, cool. So I think the biggest thing that I want to know from you right now is tell me about how you met your VA and how you knew she was the right fit for you. How I met my VA. We had just moved to Texas and this is oh, this story. So my husband said, you know... If we ever live anywhere where there's bagpipe bands, I want to learn how to play the bagpipes. And me thinking I was going to be all brilliant and bright and everything, and we're moving to Texas, and how could there possibly be bagpipe bands there? I was like, sure, sounds great. Let's look and see if there's any bagpipe bands. So he did, and there were two in San Antonio at the time. And we ended up hooking up with a band called Black Bear Pipe Band. And Bear is for Bear County, and it's spelled B-E-X-A-R, so Black Bear Pipe Band. And um, so we started getting involved and practicing and learning the instruments and everything, and it became a family affair for us. And there were a couple of other families who it was an also a family affair for them. And your family mm-hmm. was one of those families. Mm-hmm. And you happened to be four years old at that time. So I have known you since you were four years old. And how old are you now? I am 27 now. I have known you for 23 years. That's insane. And how does that make you feel? Um, Fine. You know, really fine. Because it's not just like I've watched a little girl grow up and, oh, she's 27 now. It's like we became friends along the way. So that made a huge difference right. in how I view you as a person, as an individual, autonomous, the whole thing. I am so glad you don't view me as a four-year-old anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this, there was this, you know, this idea of kind of doing doing it together, doing life right. together, because your family was homeschooling, we were homeschooling. And it's not that we homeschooled together, but we had that commonality. And we ended up doing a lot of life together. Mm-hmm. We um, created the clan of Holloman, mm-hmm. which means clan of the dove. And mm-hmm. we used it as an opportunity to share faith at the Highland Highland Games together. And it was just a really sweet time of getting to know your whole family and seeing your brother born and your other two sisters be born. You know, like we've known each other for quite a while. 
But then we fast forward because there was a, a time where we stopped hanging out together. I think I was about 10 or 11 or so when we kind of just drifted apart. Like yeah. The- and it wasn't like, oh, you made us angry and we left. It was just yeah. like your lives were going in a different direction and right. ours went in a different direction. And we just stopped seeing each other regularly. It's not that right. we never saw each other. It just, it wasn't regular and it wasn't, um, we weren't doing life together. Right. Anymore. And um, so we went our separate ways, and that was during your teen years. Thank God. <laughs> I mean, you would have been great during my teen years, but I'm glad you didn't know me during my teen years. Yeah. It wasn't until you were 19? I think I had just turned 19, or I was about to turn 19. So when you were about 19... Um, Actually, I was 18, and I was about to turn 19. Okay. Yeah. So my son had just joined the army mm-hmm. and he'd gone through basic training and tech school and everything, but he was getting ready to be deployed to Afghanistan. So we yes. had like a going away party. Yes. And of course I reached out to you guys because it's like I said, it's not like we didn't like each other. It's just that we didn't see each other all the time. Right. And I know that your older sister and Evan um, were close when they were younger. So right. I was like, I wanted to give her an opportunity um, to say goodbye as he went off to Afghanistan, because as any, you know, military mom knows there's no guarantees. Any military wife knows there's right. no guarantees. And I wanted to make sure that he had a chance to say goodbye to the people that he grew up with, you know, the people right. that he that he liked and loved. And so I reached out and told you guys, we're going to be the flying saucer, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, the flying saucer. The flying saucer, this day, this time, come on by, say goodbye to Evan. Now, tell them about the flying saucer real quick, because what is the flying saucer? The flying saucer is a pub. Okay. Uh, restaurant, pub. Gastro pub, technically, so they serve food as well as alcohol. Right. Bar and grill. It could bar have been and called grill. bar and grill, but it wasn't. It's yeah. called a gastro pub because that's, that's... So we set, we set it at a time where we knew that people who weren't 21, don't get me started on the drinking age, right. people that weren't 21 could still come because it was like a family time serving dinner. And I remember <laughs> when your sister came in and she's like... Abby's next door at the bookstore because they won't let her in because she's not with a parent. I was like, yes, she is. And I marched over to the bookstore and I was like, let's go. (laughs) And I was like, this is my daughter. She's coming in. And they were like, okay, no problem. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was really funny. But then we're sitting there and we're just chatting. We're catching up because it's been, you know, Almost 10, 10 years. Almost 10 not, years. Not quite 10 years, but almost. Yeah, since we had actually had a deep connection. Right. And I was just catching up with you and everything. And I was working at my chiropractic office at the time, and a position was opening up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, hey, Abby, are you working right now? And you're like, well, I'm actually between jobs. I had just been fired the week before. <laughs> For something outside of my control, but whatever. I had just been fired the week before. Yeah. So, and you're like, well, I'm between jobs right now. I was like, you should apply at the chiropractic office. Um, and the reason I said that, the reason I even told you, there's a couple of reasons. I know your family and I know your work ethic. Mm-hmm. So I knew that you wouldn't show up and just shirk your duties. I knew you would show up and do the best job that you possibly could. Thank you. But also, you know, I feel it's really important, especially young people now, it's so important to help them along because, you know, it used to be you could apply for a job and rest on your laurels, rest on that um, resume that you submit. And it's right. not like that anymore. I work hard. I did well in school, you know, employ me for a couple of weeks and you'll promote me to manager because I'm that good. 
Yeah, it's yeah, not like that anymore. It doesn't work like that anymore. And it really is about who you know. Right. And I don't know. I just, I still love your family. I, and I loved you guys, even though I hadn't seen you in 10 years, that hadn't right. changed. And I wanted to make sure, well, first of all, that the chiropractic office was well taken care of. Right. And I was like, right. what better person? Cause you've always been like, you've always seemed, <laughs> let me say it that way. You've always seemed super mature. You know, even for, even for a little kid, you were always very articulate and it, and that made you seem very mature. Um, older than my years. Yes. Yeah, so there you are as a 19 year old talking to me in my what forties. Yeah. I guess yeah. you were in your forties. In my forties, you know, and having a, a deep, not just a decent conversation, an adult conversation, but an adult and even a deep conversation. Like, yeah. what are you up to now? And you being able to actually answer that. Right. And, uh, I was like, you need to apply for that job. And so, which by the way, sounded like the, I don't want to say the most boring job on the planet, but not at all what I was thinking about applying for or looking for anywhere. I was so wrong. It was a beautiful job. Yeah, it was a great job. Um, and even though it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, right. you really grew in that job. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey friends, if you're an aromatherapist, here's something really important that you may not have been taught in aromatherapy school. Connecting with other professional aromatherapists is really important to the health of your practice. Why? Because our brains are designed for connection. Connection, team, clan, tribe, core group, no matter what you call it, it's about survival. When you are isolated, it's easy to become discouraged and feel like nothing you're doing really matters. But when you're connected, and part of a larger group focused on the same goal, you're energized, and maybe you even feel invincible. Well, coming up September 26th through 28th, you have a chance to be a part of a community of aromatherapists at the Aromatics in Action International Conference, Embracing and Composing Sustainable Aromatics in Nashville, Tennessee, USA, brought to you by the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. The AIA is bringing together industry leaders and educators, as well as exhibitors, at their first post-pandemic in-person conference. There will also be on-demand sessions to add more learning opportunities and continuing education. I invite you to visit alliance-aromatherapist.org and sign up today. That's alliance-aromatherapist.org or visit the link in the show notes and sign up today to join the AIA and be a part of the tribe. I was put in such a supportive environment. Like I had been busting my butt at other jobs that you know, I got paid okay because I was working overtime as a 17-year-old. Um, but they were not supportive. Like I would have a great boss and the rest of it would be horrible. Or the boss was bad and everything was bad. And so to go from working nursing home kitchens and fast food stuff to working in the office environment where the employees were actually treasured... And you were the receptionist and you were the one who was teaching me how to do all this stuff. I think that between having a boss who actually empowered his employees to have like autonomy and make decisions, but at the same time gave structure and feedback, like that was huge. But you were also a huge confidence boost because you were like, you know this, What what's your answer? Don't ask me, you know what to do. So that was all really huge. So I did grow a lot. And I'm going to say that you were half of it and Dr. Martin was the other half. Yeah. Sure. Like Dr. Martin, um, up until becoming a life coach. Right. The best job I ever got paid to do. Yes, definitely. Yes. 
I, um, during the time that you were there at the office, I mm -hmm. went back to school and I became a registered aromatherapist. Mm -hmm. I went to the American College of Healthcare Sciences. I graduated. Part of one of the courses, one of the semesters was about business. And if anybody out there who's ever worked with, a, a, gone to a business class, taken mm -hmm. a business class, worked with a business coach, I mean, you know, they talk a lot about using social media now because that's kind of how you market what you're doing. You tell yeah. people who you are on social media and invite them to follow you and invite them to come off the social media and meet with you. I've never considered myself very artistic and uh, I struggle creatively. Which is hilarious because you help other people be creative so much, but you know. But like when it comes to creating pretty graphics or right. things like that, I'm, I'm at a loss. And I still am because I just don't think that way. Mm-hmm. I knew you were an artist. I never claimed to be, but yes. You drew all the time. You painted all the time. Your life is very artistic. Indeed. And I, I just, I, I was like, hey, Abby, how would you like to manage my social media? Because I don't want to do it, but I want to have a presence. Mm -hmm. And uh, you said yes. No, I didn't say yes. I said, uh, you're joking, right? No. Oh. I just remember the yes. <laughs> no, I said, you're joking, right? Because you want me to do Instagram, and I've never touched Instagram. And then you said, oh, no, but you'll be able to learn it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, but I've never created a post. Oh, no, you're going to be great. But why? So why did you think that I would be a good fit for that? Other than being artistic, was there anything else to it? You actually went to school and have a degree in business. That is true. I do. Like you have a bachelor's in business. Yep. So you actually have, it's crazy, crazy combination of artistic bent and business savvy. That is true. But at the time, because I got to go into a little bit of background that you don't remember. Um, at the time, I was just postpartum with my first kid. Mm -hmm. And you probably knew this before I did. I was also struggling real bad with postpartum depression, mm -hmm. which one made me feel like I had nothing to offer to the world. But two, it also gave me a little bit of free time because I was working part time at the chiropractic office. And then I had the rest of the time where I was taking care of my daughter, who was mostly sleeping at that point in time, and I needed something else to do. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at you and said, why do you think that this would be a good idea? You said, because you'll get my vision. I already know it. I'm and, pretty sure that's why. And it's true. But how did I know you would get my vision? Because mm -hmm. of the connection that we share. Okay. And it's not just that I've known you for 23 years. Right. Um, well, and we worked together. Yeah. We talked all the time. So true. We had that connection and you knew where I was going. And, uh, you know, I hope I don't offend anyone out there. <laughs> You're pretty hippy dippy. That is true. And aromatherapy it's kind of hippy dippy. Right. So I knew that in the aromatherapy world, mm -hmm. you totally would get where I was headed. Right. And well, my mom is also, she's an RN and um, she had been dealing with some degenerative nerve issues in her neck. And we found a chiropractor who introduced her to electrical stimulation and um, basically how to use energy modalities to start repairing nerve damage. And my dad has always been like really into herbalism. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I think it was during the time that we were kind of, I don't want to say on break because that sounds like we'd broken up, but it was when our families weren't talking as much that my mom was learning more about like emotion code therapy and um, how to 
release blocked emotions or trapped emotions and getting more into like the energetic energetic medicine part of it and my dad's like I said always been into herbs that's been part of like growing up for me so not just in my hippy dippy but I also have like the medical side of it with chiropractic with massage with energetic and plant right. medicine and all that right stuff and well. I and I do remember your dad being really into herbs and that was before I was into aromatherapy. Right. And um, we would have our clan gatherings and like the foods that your family would bring were like, these are weird, but they're really good. And it's because oh, yeah. of all the different herbs and stuff that you guys were cooking with. Because, I mean, sure. health health doesn't come from medicine. Health doesn't come from going to the right. chiropractor. Health comes from the inside out. Right. And using herbs and foods are, are like key part Right. Of and, being healthy. And I think that's something that my dad has, I'm not going to say always believed, but at least for as long as I can remember, that's just one of the ways that he's been. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely had that background and it was, I'm going to say from my perspective, it was really encouraging that you could call out in me that you saw that I could do it. So, and that's kind of one of the things that I do, mm-hmm. right? I see, I see the potential in people that they do not yet see themselves. Right. And now you have, I mean, yeah. you're still, you're still doing the virtual assisting mm-hmm. for a couple of clients, but mm-hmm. you've, you've pivoted, you've shifted because people have seen things in you that you didn't see in yourself. Right. Yes. And you, you, you finally were like, oh, wait, I do see that now. Yes. So I'm going to say with your help, with the help of, I have worked for aromatherapists as a virtual assistant. I have worked for aromatherapists. I have worked for counselors and coaches and mostly life coaches. And so even just working with life coaches, just working with aromatherapists who really are like, they're, they're the, they're the clients that have always lit me up because they're all about helping people. And a lot of what you'll do overlaps mm-hmm. and it's so cool. Um, but just working with so many people from different aspects who all have the same focus of helping people live the best life they can and using different modalities to do it. I feel like you just pick stuff up as long as you're open to it, you pick stuff up. And so I don't know. Do you want me to talk about me? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So I've just through working with the clients that I have and some of them working with some of the clients that I don't have anymore, learning who my ideal clients are and also like the, um, the struggles that a lot of people, especially starting out in business, or if they don't have a business background, what they really seem to struggle with trying to step to establish themselves online are just like what I call the business basics, who they serve, how they serve them, what they're going to charge is a big one. Huge. Um, I usually tack the money on as an end thing because it's important, but it's, it doesn't matter as much to me as like getting your niche correct. And then you can charge as much as you want because you have your niche, right? Um, so like pricing always comes in at the end, but there's been so much struggle with not knowing or really being able to establish or feeling confident in your niche. And usually if you don't feel confident in it, in it it's because you're looking at the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking at the, you're either not focusing on how you can help people. You're f- focusing on how people are going to think of you, which isn't what you should focus on, or you're trying to focus on the wrong niche. And so you're not confident because it doesn't fit. But from there, you've mentioned that I'm an artist. I never used to claim that, but I'm stepping into it. Because, you know, life coaches help with stuff like that. Um, but I'm also Guilty. doing... 
So guilty. So guilty. Um, but I'm also officially offering branding packages, which I did your branding. You did. Um, I did your branding a couple times. Yes. And there were a couple times where it was really frustrating because I was trying to like establish a consistent feed because I care about the aesthetic feed on Instagram. And it's like, but we don't know what we're doing. We don't know who we're talking to. And so like, it felt like the brand was just chaotic and everywhere and never hit because we didn't know who we were trying to hit. So it's impossible to get like that really good, consistent, Mm -hmm. beautiful feed or beautiful branding when you don't know who you're talking to. Um, but I've, I've done your branding a couple times and now that we have your niche, it just feels like it fits right? and it creates a pretty feed. I'm so happy. Yeah. It makes my nerd artist heart happy. Um, but I've also done that with a couple other coaches as well. So that's also one of the service offerings I do. So I do one-on-one mentoring to establish business basics, but also custom brand packages to help, um, help visually attract your ideal client. Right. So you, you brought up something that's been fairly recent. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know this episode is airing in January and it's been a few months, but it's still fairly new um, that I actually figured out my niche, which has really made the branding mesh. It's made the branding mesh. And we actually had that conversation. I asked, do do I need to change anything? No, because we actually had the brand right before you knew who you were talking to. (laughs) I love that. <laughs> I do too. But and it's it's also important though because we are finalizing the branding because now we're figuring out your message and your voice and people think of branding as like colors just the, and pictures. Just like the colors and the imagery and the fonts that you use and that's all super important because we see things first, but one of the number one ways that you actually know who's talking when you're scrolling your feed is not the image, it's how they present their message and the message they're presenting. Mm-hmm. And how did you find your ideal client? How did I find my ideal client? Uh Um, My ideal client is pretty much who I used to be. And that's what they tell you. Business coaches tell you that. Who Mm -hmm. were you? What problem did you overcome? Very nice. And so my avatar has revealed itself to me instead of me trying to come up with my avatar. And that's made all the difference. So for anybody out there struggling with this concept of figuring out your avatar... Think about who you used to be mm-hmm. before you figured out your modality, whatever that modality is that mm-hmm. you're using to help people, and then allow your client, your ideal client, from your heart, from your mm-hmm. head, to speak to you. Yep. I've, I've heard it said that we are most uniquely and powerfully gifted to impact the people who are who we used to be. Absolutely. So just, you know, a little bit succinct there. Absolutely. But, and that's one of the reasons that I do what I do too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the number one things that I struggled with was who am I going to help? How am I going to help them? Because I was highly capable. So when I started offering VA services to everyone and not just you, which was about three years ago now, I was willing to do anything. I was willing to do everything. (laughs) Right. And I was willing to do it for anybody. Right. Which, but you figured out pretty quick which is a recipe for burnout. Oh my gosh, please do not do that. And you figured out pretty quick the people you don't want to serve, right? Yes, yeah. I did. Um, and like, but I think that a lot of times, especially as entrepreneurial business owners, we can feel like we have to serve everybody, especially if we're starting out and we don't have some kind of financial security, because if we serve everyone, then we can get the paycheck, which can pay for the rest. And eventually we can narrow down. Right. But really, that's a recipe for burnout and it sucks. Don't do it. 
And it's really easy to say on this side, if I had told myself three years ago, don't do that, it would have been so difficult. Yeah. But developing who you love to work with, and that takes experimentation. It takes time to figure yes, it out. Yes, it does. It's taken me as a coach. It's taken me two years Yeah. to figure it out. Well, and also you can't just say like one niche is what you like to look, work with. Because as a, as a virtual assistant, I was like, ooh, Melissa's an aromatherapist. I could work with aromatherapists. I am not a good fit for every aromatherapist. A lot of them, sure, but not every one of them. Um, or there were coaches that I could work with. I am not a good fit for every coach. Right. A lot of them, sure. Not every right. one of them. So just like just like me as a coach, mm-hmm. right? You offer an enro- uh, an enrollment call or yeah. a discovery call where people can, where you can meet them and they can meet you, and, and you can, can both decide each other. Yeah. And you can both decide whether or not it's worth yeah. pursuing. Yeah. Because and and that's something that I do tell people, especially when I recommend. Mm-hmm. Someone like like you for the mentoring, for sure. um, give her a call. I mean, yeah. the, you you really have nothing to lose by having a conversation. Exactly. Except for maybe 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. And like 30 minutes to discover if I even offer what you need. Because, um, you know, when I was a virtual assistant, I specialized in graphic design type things. When I finally figured out that you should narrow down what you offer and not just offer all the things that you can do. Because there's there's like this nice intersection between what you love to do and what people will pay you for and what they need. Um, and that's where you can enjoy the work that you do and still get paid for it. Right. Um, and I know that as an aromatherapist that there's that as well. I mean, for every industry, there is an, there's that intersection of what you love about your industry mm-hmm. and what people need from your industry. Right. Um, and so if you can focus on that area, it's going to look different for everyone, which is good because we all need different things. Right. So l- I'd love to address that just yeah. real quickly in, in the aromatherapy field. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, when I was a registered aromatherapist only, mm-hmm. right, I knew I could mm-hmm. and I wanted to help everyone. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot of aromatherapists out there who feel the same way because I've spoken with a lot of aromatherapists and it is a huge struggle. And um, it's rare that you can make a living right now being an aromatherapist, mm-hmm. Um so it's even that much more important to define who it is that you're helping. Right. And, you know, one of the ways that you can do that is look at the things you've created as an aromatherapist, the blends, figure out like which one was the one that I really enjoyed working on. Right. Which client did I just really love helping? Not just because I liked the person, but because the digging and the figuring mm-hmm. out and the creating and all of that. And then kind of look at that and say, well, maybe that could be, that could be the people group that I help. Right. Well, and if you think about it, and this is just business because business is what I do. Um, If you think about famous people, you know them for a certain thing. Mm -hmm. There's actors that you know. There's um, sports stars that you know. I don't know any, but. I'm not really into pop culture, so don't ask (laughs) me to name anybody. Um, But people generally think there's, you know, there's influencers on various social media, but in industry niches as well. Like you could name off the top of your head some of your favorite aromatherapists. Oh, absolutely could. And you could also say why. You could say, this is what they do. This is what they're known for. And this is why I love them. Mm-hmm. But what it is is because they have identified the one to three things that they do, and they do it very well. Mm-hmm. They don't waste their time doing a bunch of other stuff or doing all the things or just trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. There are people that I know who are very successful entrepreneurs now who have worked normal jobs 
while mastering their one to three things and building that name and that reputation, and then ditched their normal job as soon as they were established in their one to three things. Right. So the idea, it's very common that we need to do all the things and be all things to all people and do just whatever we can. Um, you're not supposed to be for everyone. You are not everyone's cup of tea. And that is a very good thing because you get drained way too fast. Right. Um, but if you can do the things you love with the people you love and find that sweet spot and then be confident enough in yourself to charge for it, because people will pay you to do the things you love. Mm-hmm. The people you love will pay you to do the things you love. As long as you can show up and ask for it. If you show up and you give it away for free, then they'll take it for free. Biggest thing that I would say in this specific area as far as actually charging is if you treat your business like a business, it'll treat you and pay you like it's a business. And if you treat it like it's a hobby, it's just going to be an expensive hobby. How do you overcome those money beliefs okay. to make it possible to be able to say the things that you're saying right now so confidently when I know that just a year ago, that confidence didn't exist. Oh yeah. Just, just a year ago I was like, oh, I can do this. And yeah, just give me a review and I'll do whatever you need. But fortunately mm-hmm. you had someone who'd known you a really, really long time right. and saw all these things inside of you and uh-huh. said, Hey, let's, uh, let's work together. Right. I'd love to work with you as your life coach. And help you overcome this stuff so that you can actually move forward. Because it is so easy to be stuck Mm -hmm. in outdated beliefs. And we don't even realize that that's what it is. It's so important to have someone from the outside who can look in and go, hey, um, there's something I see. And and I really want to talk to you about that. And this this isn't a plug from me for life coaching or business mentoring or anything like that. But... If you really believe that people are whole beings, mind, body, spirit, all of that plays together, I think that it's very hard to have a truly successful and sustainable business when you are stuck in old patterns of belief. It may look successful from the outside, but how quickly are you burning out? Do you actually love the life that you created for right. yourself? Because that's my definition of success. Well, and, and so the having, way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Exactly. And if I'm falling apart in my my own personal beliefs, personal my life, business yeah. is going to fall apart. My family is going to fall apart. Everything's going to oh, yeah. tumble down like dominoes. Oh, yeah. And my personal experience, when I am a mess, my business is barely hanging on. But when I am good, my business thrives. Yeah. And so it, I mean, it all plays together. Um, so it's, like I said, it's not necessarily a plug for coaching per se. Um, but I really do believe it's hard to have a truly successful, sustainable business if you feel like a wreck. And so like the number one thing for my business and my pricing mindset and money beliefs was actually working with two different coaches. I know one of them worked with me. One was my life coach, my personal coach, and one was my business coach. And so I was working on money mindset issues from two different perspectives. Um, and one of the things my business coach told me is that you cannot assume what your client can afford. That's correct. And if your client can't afford you, they're not your ideal client, right? Like you can't base your worth on what your client can afford. Now I know that you and I both will work with clients that can't afford us 100%, but we also are working with other clients who can. Right. And so they are. <clears throat> That's part of my business model. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is part of my business model. I right. always want to be working with someone who, who needs what mm-hmm. I have, but doesn't have 
the ability to pay full price. Right. Um, and that's a case by case basis. I mean, exactly. that's not like I let anybody into that space. Right. Um, but I always have someone that I'm working with because I remember being yeah. a young mom mm-hmm. with four kids and mm-hmm. a husband deployed all the time on an enlisted salary. Yeah. And there is absolutely no way I could have afforded me. Right. When I was in that space. And mm-hmm. I always want to be remembering who I was. Mm hmm. And helping that person yeah, and, move forward. And similar. I mean, I was struggling in the online space for two years. And I couldn't establish my niche. I couldn't figure it out. But I also couldn't afford anybody who could help me. So I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have both incorporated that into business models. Yeah. But again, it's case by case. And again, people value what they have to exchange energy for. Yes. Like whether it's money or something else. People are going to value something that they have to invest in more. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first pair of blue jeans I ever bought with my own money. Those blue jeans lasted like five years because I paid for them with my own money. I valued them so highly because it came out of my own pocket. Exactly. And it's the same thing when you're hiring a coach or a mentor or mm-hmm. someone like that. They're going to ask you to do a lot. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say that like, Working with a life coach and a business coach at the same time has been pretty amazing. Um, I bet it's been crazy. <laughs> it has been crazy, but what's whack, fun, whack, whack, whack. What's super fun <laughs> is that my business coach will get into like some of the life beliefs. Like, how is that playing out in your personal life? I'm curious. You don't have to answer, but because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So, having, and it's worth considering. Yeah, and then also my crazy life coach will also get all nosy into my business. Um, yeah, I'm looking at you. I know you are. Um, so, like, my life coach dabbles in business because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And my business coach is not afraid of life. Like, mm-hmm. she's not a life coach and there are boundaries, which is an important thing. Your coaches need to have boundaries. Right. But, like, just, like, the interplay of two completely different people who basically end up telling me the same thing from completely different perspectives right. is hilarious and so good and so hard. Yeah. So um, convicting. Right? So conv- that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You started way far back, but we're going to focus on like your self-employed professional career. You started as a registered aromatherapist or a student. You started as a student right. and then you became a registered aromatherapist. And from there, you transitioned into life coaching, transitioned into transformational life coaching. So can you walk me through how you decided on aromatherapy, but then how you transferred into life coaching and then eventually here as a transformational sure. life coach. And also you're still doing your aromatic things. So please tell me about that. Sure. So uh, for anybody who's listened to the podcast for any length of time, you've heard kind of my aromatherapy story and how I got into mm-hmm. aromatherapy. My mom was an aromatherapist back in the early 90s. But at that time I was in what I affectionately call my mom bubble. And so I did real. So real. not have the energy to hear a darn word she was saying. So I knew about them, but I it was just so I was so way outside of my ability to focus that mm-hmm. it didn't hit, it didn't land. She tried, she gave me some aromatics, and I I was just like, whatever, I don't have time for this. So then we fast forward to working at Shirts Chiropractic, and I was going through menopause, um, so I was having a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and some really good, well-meaning friends basically patients at the clinic were like, here, smell this, put this on your wrist, try this, try this. And they were giving me what I knew was essential oils. 
And I remembered my mom back in the early 90s, she went to school for this, that she didn't just sell things. Like she Mm -hmm. went to school to learn how to use them safely, to learn how to use them properly. And it didn't sit right with me that Mm -hmm. they're just handing me this stuff pre-blended, like mass produced um, that is supposed to help me with my menopause. It just didn't make sense to me. And I had tried to go back to school many times throughout raising my kids. Um, and every time the door was slammed shut in my face, God said, it's not time or it's not the right degree. It's not the right place. Whatever the reason, everything just got shut down like hard and fast. And that can be discouraging. It really discouraging. But I didn't let it discourage me because it right. was like, oh, I think I want to be a sign language interpreter. And I went to the community college and it wasn't the right time. Like the door got shut. Uh, oh, I think I want to be a psychologist. I love the way the brain works. Went to the community college and they wouldn't even talk to me. Like I couldn't even get an appointment. So it was like, okay, that's not right. right. And then this aromatherapy thing started happening, the essential oils with in the menopause time. And I was like, maybe I could go to school and be an aromatherapist, right? I'm here in the chiropractic office. It's kind of all in that healing modality. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, let me, let me just take a look and see what's out there. So I started searching for aromatherapy schools and the one that really struck me was the American College of Healthcare Sciences, shout out, um, because it was a bona fide college. Mm-hmm. And even though my uh, GI Bill had expired, I, I didn't have it anymore. I couldn't access it. I couldn't use it. It was a college. It was a very you know clear path from here to there. And there were deadlines. Like it was a semester by semester by semester by semester. And I need deadlines. If it's, if I'm left to my own devices, I will have courses sitting on my laptop for years. I have a whole folder full of dead courses. Right. That I've never touched. And so I really appreciated that. So I said, well, I'll just do like I always do. I'll go through the application process. And if it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it's not, Mm -hmm. it won't. If God wants to open the door, he will. If he wants to shut it, it's not meant to be. Mm-hmm. And they accepted me into the program, and I started started back to school as a much older adult who'd never done online education because when the last time I was in college, there was no online. online. Didn't exist. So <laughs> it was an interesting process. So I, you know, I did all the education, and then I sat for my registration exam, mm-hmm. um, just like becoming a nurse or a psychologist or a doctor after you finish your college. Mm-hmm. There's an exam you take. Right now, not every aromatherapist takes this exam, but for me, I felt it was very important to have that exam passed, saying you know your stuff. Right. For you, so, it was an important It milestone. was an important milestone for me because I'd never graduated from college. Right. I didn't do that whole track. And for me, it was just important to have the piece of paper. Now, I got the diploma from ACHS, but having the RA behind my name mm-hmm. feels very important for me. So then I got the RA and I started meeting with clients and I was working with my clients. And what I found was it wasn't the aromatherapy portion that I really, really loved. I loved sitting with my clients and digging deep to find out what the root cause was mm-hmm. of the issue that brought them to me seeking an aromatic solution. Right. And I was like, oh, I probably need to be looking at becoming a life coach. And not only did I start thinking that, but like Dr. Matthew at Shirts Chiropractic kept, he would come to me with a problem. And then when I was done talking with him, he'd say, thanks, life coach. Sometimes I would lose my office because they needed to have a <laughs> short, short conversation. conversation. And he would say, thanks, life coach, you know, and, and he meant it. It wasn't just in, you know, oh, yeah. tongue in cheek. He actually 
meant that I helped him. And so many people started saying things like that to me. And I was like, Oh, I should probably become a life coach, but I'm still working at shirts chiropractic. So that's probably not going to work out. I just need to, you know, keep working. Well, then we moved. Um, Mm -hmm. we picked up everything and moved to Guam and then the pandemic hit and we were in lockdown on Guam and I'm an extrovert and I started going crazy, um, because I'm an extrovert and I found, um, health coach institutes. And they have a beautiful program called Become a Health Coach, mm-hmm. which uh, you have to, it's like their basic program. And, you then, have to go through and then you can go on to higher programs. Yeah. You can't just jump into their transformational program. So that would be a cornerstone program as opposed to a capstone program. Right. Yeah. So I, I joined Become a Health Coach. And I had looked at other life coaching programs. And the reason I chose HCI is number one, it was affordable. Mm-hmm. I'm always big about the, you know, affordability. So it was affordable. And I liked that they were coming at it from a holistic perspective because that was the education I received at ACHS, very holistically minded, whole person, whole mind, whole body, whole spirit. And it was funny because going through BHC, the Become a Health Coach program, um, it was all review for me. I'm not kidding. Every single thing was review. There was nothing new that I learned in BHC except the coaching portion. Right. Well, you had a huge amount of background experience with coaching and leadership skills through Boy Scouts. Yes. Because you were a scoutmaster. Yes. It's actually one of the reasons that our family was so close was because you were my older brother's scoutmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a lot through there and you you learned how to help people become actual people. Right. And I coached and I mentored adults and yeah. youth through those programs exactly. through our homeschool co-op, always, mm-hmm. always coaching, always mentoring, always helping that's people become better. Yeah. That's part of who I am. Exactly. That's how God's designed me. Um, so I graduated with my health and life certificate. Mm-hmm. And before I even finished my health and life certificate, I was enrolled in their master and transformational programs. Okay. Um, and that was another 10 months. So 10 months for BHC, another 10 months for transformational coaching. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have just had the most amazing experience working not just with clients, but helping other coaches, mm-hmm. um, helping just people that I meet. Right. I was on a train on the way down to the coaching retreat in August and a little 11-year-old girl sat down next to me. And she's from Britain, you know, at first she was very shy. And then she said something and I asked her a question about what she said and opened up that conversation, built rapport very quickly with her. Mm -hmm. And by the end of our conversation, she went from believing that she uh, is a jabbermouth and talks too much and needs to be quiet to believing that her ability to speak is actually a superpower. That's awesome. And that... The people who tell her that she talks too much and needs to be quiet really just aren't her people. That's awesome. So, I mean, so here I am, just random person on the train and helping them transform beliefs. And she was just an 11-year-old little girl who already believed that she was too much for this world. Already believed negative things about herself. That she was too much for this world. So I just, I mean, I absolutely love what I do and I do bring the aromatic component into it Mm -hmm. um, because when I work with my clients, you know, they all get personal inhalers that we use during our deep dive transformational sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I choose essential oils that really speak to the brain Mm -hmm. and those connections in the brain. Because when we're talking about transformational coaching, it's not like therapy where you sit and talk about your problems. 
It's so where tell me about your childhood. Right. It's not like that. You don't even have to remember your childhood for us to be able to transform those beliefs that right. you solidified before you could even talk. Yeah. So when you, you say you use the aromatic components and you have blends for people, do you make custom blends for each of your clients or do you sometimes? Use- Sometimes. So when I'm, when I say I give everyone a blend, it's really, a, it's a specific blend that I've created for working with the mind. Okay. So everybody gets that blend. But as you're working with me in a coach client setting, if something comes up, mm-hmm. maybe even a physical thing, maybe something's going right. on in your body and you're like, is there something that can help with that? I do create blends for my clients along the way as well. Okay, cool. I mean, I think that I have experienced the blend of those two modalities, so I know that it's very powerful, but I think it's really cool just to hear how your how your niche has developed because starting as an aromatherapist and ending up as a transformational coach, it actually blends together so nicely, but it's not something that people would see as a, a linear transition. Right. Um, and I think that developing a niche can go like the same way. Like you don't have to be an aromatherapist and then end up a transformational life coach to feel successful because not everybody is Melissa. And that's a good thing. I am not Melissa and that's a good thing. But what she did was she was sitting with clients. She was analyzing what she loved about what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And then she really leaned into that. So that's where like finding the power in your niche really comes from is leaning into what it is that you know you love. Right. And people think that business is point A to point B. Oh God! And it is dips, it is valleys, it is peaks, it is Mm -hmm. mountains, it is climbing up a steep grade and sliding down on your butt and getting, you know, splinters. It's it's all of it. (laughs) Well, and I know that there was a point in time when we were working on your niche where it felt like we were announcing a new niche every couple weeks. It did. Where it wasn't actually every couple weeks. It was like for for three quarters in a row. I think it was like once every three months we were announcing something new. And it was like, hey, I'm reintroducing myself because I'm refiguring myself. And after a little bit, it was like, do we really need to do this again? Yeah. But yes, we do because it didn't fit. So I also want to say like just encouragement. Don't be afraid to announce a change. And announce a change and announce a change because that's one way that your clients are going to know that you're growing and developing and really leaning into what is going to be good for you and them. Right. And not only that, I mean, like we don't come into this world as one person and stay that person the entire time. Thank right? you, Jesus. Right. We grow, we change, we morph, we pivot, we shift. Mm-hmm. We're always changing. And anyone who's not probably shouldn't be in business. Right. Because, oh, yeah. Because we need to be changing. And it's not, it's not the idea of changing with the times. No. For me, it's the idea of just leaning into where I am in the moment and really connecting with that part of me Mm -hmm. because that's what's going to show up for other people. If I'm, if I'm not believing what I say I'm doing, they know. People know. They know so quick and they will not hire you if you don't actually walk the talk like we all have probably know like the tv preachers who preach you know giving all your stuff away but have all the thousands of dollars and we hate them Mm -hmm. it's the same thing exactly yeah Yeah, you gotta believe what you you've got to believe it no one else will believe it if you don't believe it exactly and if you're having trouble believing it i mean i'm gonna go ahead and plug it you said you're not plugging it i'm gonna go ahead and (laughs) plug it if you're having trouble believing you know, there are coaches mm-hmm. and it's not just me. I mean, I, yes, I'm a transformational coach, but yeah. I'm not the only one out there. But if you yeah. don't know where to start, right. come, and come and ask. So one of the things, like you just said, it. one of the, the, my favorite stories, um, I had been following some, some 
marriage coaches on Instagram for a while. My marriage was pretty messed up for a while. Aren't they all? Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't have the tools to get better. So I had been following them for a while just to gain some tools. I had had several conversations with them and they have a podcast that I think is absolutely awesome. But I was binging it one day while I was grocery shopping. And at the end of every podcast episode, it was like, we have a resource for that. We have a freebie here. We have a resource for that. Check out this course. Check out that course. It's like for every problem that came up, they had an answer. And it wasn't you have to do things our way all the time. But it was like they were constantly giving stuff out. And it's like, that's a lot of work for one person. I wonder if they have help. And so it was like one of the scariest things I ever did was I reached out to them and said, do you have someone helping you with this? Do you have a virtual assistant? And they said, we don't, we'd love to have help, but we don't even know where to start with asking questions. Right. I was like, if you'd like to get on a half hour call, this is what I do. I can help you at least figure out the questions to ask. And so we hopped on a call um, and it's a husband wife team. We hopped on a call. And at the end of that call, they were like, we want to work with you. I was like, okay, cool. I had mostly, you know, I wanted them to be my clients. I adore them. But mostly it was like, they need help. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do it, I can refer them to someone or give them the tools right. to know how to ask. Right. That was one of the things that I always taught the Boy Scouts mm -hmm. and the adults that worked with me mm -hmm. in the Boy Scouts. You do not have to know all of the answers as an entrepreneur. Oh, as yes. a solopreneur, you do not need to know everything. We just need to know where to find the answers. Yeah. And if I don't know the answer, if I don't know where to, if I don't know, I will find it for you and I will help you find what you, what it is that exactly. you need. So, I mean, like if you don't know where to start with trying to find a life coach, find a life coach and just talk to them. Just ask. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people out there that have this idea that if I talk to them, I'll have to hire them. And that is not true because so not true. they're meeting you and deciding whether or not they want to work with you too. So it's yeah. not like you have to work with them when you talk to them. I've gotten on enrollment conversations with other business coaches mm -hmm. and I've spoken with them and I've had major breakthroughs just in that conversation, right? but was not ready to hire yet. And I right. and it's okay. Because yeah. we we have to find out if you're our ideal client. Right. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say is when you get on that enrollment conversation or uh, discovery call, whatever they happen to call it, yeah. everybody calls it something Clarity different. Clarity call, enrollment conversation, right. discovery call, introduction session. You right, so right. Any, whatever they happen to call it. You don't have to know anything nope. because they're going to ask you the questions. Yep. So like, don't be afraid to set up something because you don't have to know. Yeah. They're going to lead the conversation. Yeah. You just show up. That's all you have to do. And if they're not leading the conversation, you should probably, you know, cut bait and run. Right. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. We could talk for hours and hours, but so just because I have been a long time listener of Aromatic Chats, I do have a very special question for you. Okay. And I know you probably know what's coming. I do. But I would love to know what is your favorite essential oil today? Today? Oh my gosh. Normally I answer vetiver because I just really love vetiver. Um, but right now at the place that I am, um, connecting with who I am, the emotions that I have suppressed for so long, my current favorite essential oil today is Melissa Officinalis, which is lemon balm. I think that's actually one of the reasons that we chose it for the name of your coaching practice is because it does help you connect to your emotions. So I think that's really cool. It does help me connect to my emotions. And just in case anybody's curious, like the people that I help are what I have 
affectionately termed the unemotional wreck. They've stuffed their emotions so far down that they can't feel anything anymore, not just emotions, but physically. Mm-hmm. And so as a coach, I help them reconnect with their emotions. Mm-hmm. I help them feel safe inside their emotions and then lean into this new experience. So I don't just help them connect. I, I actually help them be okay. I had mentioned that your branding was perfect before we figured out your niche. Yeah. And I just realized that (laughs) your branding was perfect before we had figured out your niche. And you went from aromatic remedies to needing something for life coaching, right? Because aromatic remedies was your aromatic practice. And then life coaching needed to be something different because it wasn't going to be the same. And we went back and forth on it for, I think we had like maybe a two hour conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And you had decided on lemon balm coaching. Because of the properties of the plant that you just described. So we created a logo off of Melissa Aficionalis. We created a brand palette off of it. And we like, you know, we've tweaked it over the last couple years, I think. But we created your perfect brand before you had any idea what your niche was. Yeah. But I think you already knew and you just didn't know. I did know deep down. I just didn't want it. For so many reasons, Mm -hmm. right? Because this is a difficult people group to deal with because when we're talking about difficult people, I know, right? But when we're talking about (laughs) transformational coaching, I mean, this is difficult because we're most transformational coaching is about the emotion of what you're feeling and the people that I work with don't feel. Right. So my goal as their coach is to get them to feel. And that's beautiful. And so it's it's a it's a hard people group to work with, mm-hmm. and they don't hang out anywhere. No, they don't. Um, like if you're going to be working with moms, there's magazines, there's Facebook groups, there's all these places where you can find moms and speak to them. Unemotional wrecks are walking around in plain sight. They're everywhere and nowhere. They're everywhere, and no one knows it. Yep. That's basically all you can do is you can get your message out there. That's what I'm doing. And when they hear you and they're ready, they will find you because you can't find them. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Last question and we'll wrap up. And this is again, because I am a long time listener and I just love the way you do end things is if you were going to, you know, impart some wisdom, more wisdom or a word of inspiration, what would that be right now? Do you have anything you want to say? I would just encourage everyone to remember when you're looking at the people in your life, the people that you love, the people that are hurting, Mm -hmm. the people that might be falling apart, that until they are ready for healing, the best you can do is be there for them. We cannot force anyone to want healing. They have to want it for themselves. Guys, I had so much fun being interviewed by Abby. But you know what? This wasn't an interview. It was like a, a just a conversation between friends because honestly, that's what we are. And we had such an amazing time sitting in a hotel room in Dallas, Texas, just talking with each other and sharing our heart for our businesses and for the things that we do. And I'm going to go ahead and plug Abby right now. If you're an entrepreneur and you're struggling to figure out what the heck is my niche, who is it that I serve? And what is this branding thing all about? Hop on a discovery call with Abby at the Verdant Heart Project and figure that out. 
Take some time to really dig in and uncover who it is that you serve. Because once you know that information, everything starts flowing. I'm not kidding. Once I finally leaned into the niche that I knew was already mine, but because I'd been working with business coaches and trying to find the easiest way to build my business, you know, I tried all the other niches and they just never felt right. Um, Some of them were good. Some of them were productive, but it just didn't feel right. And I was being left feeling empty. But now that I've actually uncovered my niche, which is the unemotional wreck, those people who've stuffed everything so far down that they can't even feel anymore, it's just flowing and it's beautiful. So I really highly encourage you to get on a discovery call with a coach, with a virtual assistant, whatever it is that you need in your business, go ahead and just hop on that discovery call. Don't be afraid. But I want to thank you so much for tuning into this aromatic chat, this first aromatic chat of 2023. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I appreciate all of the reviews. And I do want to let you know that you actually can have access to aromatic chat over at buy me a coffee. Last year, I was sharing the entire unedited recording at buy me a coffee. But after getting some feedback from listeners, I found that what they really wanted was early access. So now as a member of the aromatic chat community for just $4 a month, you can have early access to all of the Aromatic Chat episodes. So you get to hear them before anyone else. And you can support the mission of Aromatic Chat of connecting people with the aromatherapist that meets their needs. And you can become a member over at buymeacoffee.com slash aromatic chat. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links that we may have mentioned in today's episode. As a reminder, Aromatic Chat is produced by Lemon Balm Coaching, and you can connect with me, your master transformational life coach and registered aromatherapist on the web at lemonbalmcoaching.com. I would be honored if you would leave the show a review. Reviews make it possible for Aromatic Chat to be found by other listeners, and it makes it possible for people to connect with the aromatherapist that meets their needs. You can leave reviews on Apple Podcast, Podchaser, or even at buymeacoffee.com slash aromaticchat. I will see you with our next episode. Until then, peace, love, and aromatics. Hey friends, I want to introduce you to Blend Precisely, the software business toolkit for aromatherapists, herbalists, and formulators. When I first started out as a practitioner, I used spreadsheets, Word documents, my calculator, all of my safety books, And that was before I ever opened up a single bottle of essential oil to create a blend. Seriously, it took at least 20 to 30 minutes for every single blend that I made for my clients or my family. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or you're just starting out, Blend Precisely will take the guessing out of the safety issues and let you focus on creating beautiful blends with ease. No more using multiple different programs to get your blends ready to go safely and effectively. Everything is calculated for you inside Blend Precisely. Dilution, percentages, chakras, perfumery notes, pricing, milliliters, ounces, grams, and more. Blend Precisely incorporates Tisserand's safety information so you never have a question again. There's no more guessing. One toolkit for everything. The best part about Blend Precisely is that it's not just a program that you sign up to use and then have no support. There is constant support from the creators, Katrin and Seth Burkholz. 
They have videos every week on their Facebook page, YouTube channel, and they even have a Facebook group for members of their community. I want you to know that Blend Precisely has a 14-day free trial. I suggest that you sign up for the trial, pull out some of your favorite blends, and input them into the program and see what happens. Maybe even create a few new ones. Maybe even create some stock blends and see how Blend Precisely can support you in your aromatic life and business. I'm sharing with you my affiliate link to try out Blend Precisely risk-free for 14 days. Just click on the link to check out the software business toolkit for aromatherapists, herbalists, and formulators. And then use this toolkit to blend precisely.